Today's episode of Wizards After Dark is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. And if you're doing one, 10, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash listen. On tonight's episode of Wizards After Dark, I'm going to talk with Mike Pina from SB Nation about All-Star Weekend, the dunk contest, the three-point contest, previewing Rising Stars with Rui Hachimura and Mo Wagner, and more from the Wizards game in New York. I'm in the famed press conference room at Madison Square Garden, where greats like Mike Miller, have done press conferences here today. Scott Brooks, one of Scott Brooks's favorite sco- quote, uh, coaches, apparently Scott Brooks gave a rousing endorsement to Nick's interim coach, Mike Miller, after the game. But that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the, the Wizards playing pretty good basketball. Beat the Knicks tonight, 114-96, after a big fourth quarter to close it off, 37 points in the fourth. Uh, Beal had 30 more points. He now is averaging 29.1 points per game heading into the All-Star break which is the most points per game at the All-Star break in the history of the NBA for a non-All-Star. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about other stuff. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm sitting here with the man. People think that Kevin Durant is the real MVP. <laughs> but I know that Michael V. Pina. Vincent Pina? That is correct. From you, have great, you have a great memory. Hello. I have a good memory. I'm happy to be here. Fred, this I can reel fun. off. I can reel off late 90s into early 2000s baseball stats, especially <laughs> AL East category, like nobody's business. Like, like even, uh, even like Larry Bigby's family cannot reel off Larry Bigby's stats like this. Fred, what was Troy O'Leary's batting average in 1997? Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> That's tough. I know he had 28 home runs in 98, so we can talk okay, about that. Well, that. That led is, the Red Sox. All right, I'm impressed. You just, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was very impressive. I'm blown away by that. <laughs> Big time. Actually, no, it might not have led the Red Sox. I think Nomar had 35 that year. Okay, yeah. You're, you're, that was like a humble brag correction yeah. if I've ever seen one. It so, was one. Shout out to you. Yeah, it was, was one. Was nice. We're doing it. Not a Red Sox fan either. Uh, Go Sox. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about Bradley Beal All Star stuff because I know I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I feel like going into All Star, this is potentially going to be the last podcast for a little bit. I am going to Chicago. I I just don't know if I'm going to do a Wizards After Dark in Chicago yet. I might just like pull somebody to the side and say, "Hey, you want to do a podcast for 20 minutes?" And I might just not have time to do it. I really have no idea what my schedule is going to be like. Well, if Davis Bertans wins the three point contest, you have to do a Wizards After Dark. That's true. Goes without saying. If he wins the three-point contest, he might he might say some inappropriate crap that night. <laughs> I feel like that's that's plausible. But let's let's talk Beal first. Let's talk okay. Beal because Beal, Beal, like I said, twenty-nine point one points per hundred possessions, 
29 points per 100 possessions. What's wrong with me? You also have one hour last night. 29.1 points per game per 100 possessions. God, how dumb is You're my mind advanced. right now? I'm too advanced. I'm too advanced for this podcast. I'm too advanced for before dark. That's why we have they have me after dark. Uh, 29.1 points per game. This podcast makes no sense. At the All Star break, is the most points for any non All Star at the break ever. And I want to know because I've worked with you. Mm-hmm. We were at Fox Sports together. Yes. I know how much basketball you watch. I do. I know how ridiculous your work ethic is, and I want to know. Uh, if if you were on the Bradley Beal snub team, so when you say on the snub team, is that- I don't know. It means whatever you want. <laughs> Define it as you say it. <laughs> okay, uh, I went back and forth. I had him on my team about I want to say a month and a half ago, and then I tweeted out my team to all my Twitter followers, all the loyal fans, and I had him on there. A lot of people were really pro Kyle Lowry because Lowry was putting up great numbers. I think he was leading the league in minutes at the time. He was playing terrific defense. The Raptors were exceeding expectations. There was a lot of you know buzz in the preseason about, hey, are they going to trade Kyle Lowry? He made that impossible because he was playing so well. So I started to rethink the Kyle Lowry thing. Um, I've been pro Trey Young all year. I think what Trey Young has done has been spectacular despite – the fact that he's the worst defender in the NBA, maybe, and his team was and still is garbage. Um, I don't attribute all that to Trey Young, though. So I had Trey, and I was fine with Trey getting on. I had Lowry at the like at the last. We had to submit my fake ballot. I had uh, Lowry over Beal was basically the last cutoff. I don't necessarily regret that because I think I think Trey is deserving. I think. Lowry's deserving, but it just, Beal, it is pretty incredible for these numbers not to go acknowledged with an all-star appearance. So I'm a big analytics guy, you know that. I, I'm, I'm big on buying into what both the, the defensive eye test and the defensive numbers say, and Beal's is not great, but like 29 points a game is a lot. I mean, that, that's a, even with the speed the game is played at today, that's that's an incredible number not to be on an all-star team. And I think just that stat of the most ever for a dude not on the team, it's, it's pretty amazing that, that it got to that much of an extreme, you know? I have a question for you. You would know this more than me. Every time I watch Brad Beal play, he's one of the silkiest – he's like just he, – he's so fluid, so smooth. He's velvety. Throw me a thesaurus. I'll try to come up with another <laughs> word. That's like that to describe him. But last I checked, and this could be different, he was shooting about 32% from the three-point line. Yeah, that's it. Why? I mean, I understand that a lot of them are probably more off the dribble than normal. Um, was it like a health thing at the beginning of the season? Um, like, is it just the fact that he is consistently doubled off the off ball screens? Like, ooh, What's the explanation for that three-point percentage being so down? You know, I've wondered the same for much of the year. I don't think it has – people blame it on look at the offensive load that he's carrying. I think that's too simple of an explanation. Mm-hmm. People blame it on 
well, now teams are just zeroing in on him as the number one guy, and he's the quarterback of the offense from day one, and he's getting double and triple teamed. I don't buy that either. Is I think that's that's too simple. I think that might be a contributor, but I don't think it's as simple as that. For most of last year, he was that too. I mean, he was getting – John Wall was out for 50 games last mm-hmm. year. And during those 50 games, he shot mid-30s from three. I think part of it is him just not hitting jump shots like he did last year. Like, I think it's as simple as that. I'm not totally sure why he's not hitting jump shots. I I think it might just be him missing more. So, like, uh, (laughs) amazing, right? I love that analysis. Yeah, there you go. It's incredible. Well, so here's some analysis for you. So, uh, Second Spectrum has this stat that grades shot quality. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gives you basically, based on the types of shots that that player takes, it gives you what his expected um, effective field goal percentage would be mm-hmm. based on that shot quality that he has. And then it compares it against that player's actual effective field goal percentage. And if that number is greater, you're basically doing a good job making difficult shots, if that's a positive number. Yes. The difference between your effective field goal percentage and your expected effective, effective field goal percentage. If it's a negative number, you're basically missing shots that that number says that you should be making. And if it's even, you're right on line. Last year, Bradley Beal had a positive number, which makes sense. He mm-hmm. took difficult shots, but he's a really good shot maker. And so he was doing a good job of making those difficult shots. And this year, that number's a lot lower. Uh, and and on that expected effective field goal percentage, it grades out as about the same shot difficulty. It's not that much of a difference. I don't think, and, and from watching him play, I don't think he's getting doubled all that more. I don't think he's getting blitzed on pick and rolls all that more. I don't get the sense that he is chucking all these contested, really difficult Mm-hmm. He doesn't shoot that many step-back threes. It's a lot of step-back mid-range for him. He doesn't shoot that many step-back threes. I think those threes are normally pretty okay looks, and they're, I don't know, we, we, we talk so much about all this fancy analysis stuff, and sometimes the ball just doesn't go in the hoop. Well, I mean, I love a good mystery, and it's... And Brad doesn't like talking about it, so you're not going to get a straight answer from him. Have you, how many times have you... Brought it up. Enough that he would slap me across the face if I asked again. <laughs> um, he mean, says, he says, for what it's worth, I don't care about, I don't care about those miss. Yeah, I don't care about those percentages. I don't care about the missed shots. I'm, I'm going to keep taking them. I don't pay attention to them. He's right. I mean, he's right from that perspective. He has to shoot because you look at that roster. What are you going to do? Um, well, so part of the reason why I, I would have him. I didn't vote for him as a starter. As a starter, I voted for your guy Kyle Lowry as, okay. as a starter along with Kemba. But part of the reason why I would have him on the actual All Star team is because, like, wait, can we stop for a second? You voted Lowry as a starter. Yeah. So no Ben Simmons. I would have him on my reserves, my hypothetical uh-huh. reserves, which I don't get to choose for the actual All Star game. But and what was your start. what was your stance on Trey Young? I, no consideration. Consideration, but. But not there. Okay. How do you separate... I'm just curious. I know we're... This is what we do after dark, right? We, we ramble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you separate Trey and Brad? Because 
Defensive real plus minus is not the be all end all statistic, but it is a catch. They're right next to each other. They're right next to each other on defense, which is really interesting. I think you could look at everything that Brad Beal has done in his career and say this dude is not the worst, the worst defender in the league as one gleams from watching Trey Young play on any given night. But that number is pretty pretty damning. So just how do you kind of separate those two? I think Bradley Beal, maybe I just watch him so much that it becomes hard to evaluate. They're very close. Mm-hmm. I think right now I give Bradley Beal bonus points for the fact that his offensive production is leading to really good team offense. Like, not necessarily just really mm-hmm. good individual offense. Like, you talk about Beal has to shoot because they're just, who else is going to shoot? When Beal's on the floor, this is a top 10 offense. Uh, and with Trey Young, a lot of the Hawks team production is dragged down by the fact they didn't have a backup point guard until they traded for Jeff Teague. And the on-off numbers with his offense are ridiculous. They had like a 107 offensive rating when he's on and like low 90s when he's off. I mean, it's crazy. And that who do you, who do you think has the, the worst number. supporting cast? Like what really good offensive player has the worst supporting cast in the league? No, just between Beal and Young. Like, oh. Because when I look at Trey, I'm I like, think I think I think Beal has the worst supporting cast. Really? Because like, I mean, I'm not going to like quibble with that too hard because we're talking just offensive right um well i feel like offensive and defense like i feel like offensive defense kind of is there's a relationship there where if you are all terrible on defense then your offense is also going to suffer um and vice versa but when i just looked at the hawks i was kind of like okay like john collins has been out everybody was like john collins is yeah gonna be this. You, know, you might be right and it's like cam reddish is getting all these minutes deandre hunter is getting all these minutes Kevin Herter was out, and Kevin Herter was like their Clay Thompson, which Jesus Christ, um, no bigs. Jabari Parker playing a lot of minutes. No backup point guard. No backup point Evan guard. Evan Turner playing those minutes. Yeah. And then they were like, Evan Turner, you don't need to come into work today, and that kind of <laughs> came became the slogan of his season. Um, and then I look at the Wizards roster, and it's like Bertans, like. Breakout season for him. He yeah. was like the story of the league for a while. He was like second in offensive real plus minus for a good stretch. Um, my guy Isaiah Thomas. Really? No. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I know. I know. I Sorry, man. I can't. Sorry. But I just wanted to shout him out because I'm feeling sad about him not being in the NBA right now. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think it was close. No, the, the, the reason why I said Wizards, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. you mentioned the Hawks having guys out. I mean, the Wizards had... Wagner missed 20-something games. Thomas yeah. Bryant missed 20-something games. Bertans missed games. Uh, Beal even missed eight on his own. Right. Um, you know, John Wall has obviously been out for the entire season. Um, they've, they've been as banged up as any other team in the league. Yeah, that's and there was, there was a point where they're starting Beal alongside – um, you know Isaiah. What you know? What what was left of Isaiah Thomas, who is who is now not on a team, and and we don't know if he's going to be on a team. Gary Payton the second, Isak Bonga, and Yam Mahimi, and that offense wasn't terrible. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that offense wasn't terrible, mostly because Bradley Beal is good. Uh, and and it. I mean, look, they're both legitimate opinions. Yeah, I. 
I'm okay with. I could flip a coin. Honestly, I'm not yeah. like dying on. Like I'm, I'm okay with Trey Young yeah. being on the All Star team. Like he's that's, fun. that's fine. He's fun. He's he's an awesome passer. He's an, he's a killer shooter. He's a he's a great offensive player. We're talking about two great offensive players. And we also get into this thing about like context all the time when we're trying to make these picks. And like, if you were to flip Brad Beal with Kemba, for example, it's like. Brad Beal's obviously going to go to the All-Star game. He's surrounded by all these better players. He's a completely different role. He's still going to get his numbers. He's probably way more efficient. And, like, that is kind of, like, what I try to factor in here and in terms of just, like, measuring who is better than who. But, yeah, it's, like, comparing... I don't know. I'm, I, I will say, like, post-game, just, like, looking at Brad and chatting with him for a couple minutes. Seemed like a guy who was ready to go to the Bahamas. Aren't we all? I know. Ready we, to go to the Bahamas? We that is very true. I could I, I wish I was waking up tomorrow morning and going to the Bahamas instead of getting on a plane and going to the winter wonderland that is Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> what are what are the chances that Mo Wagner gets ejected from the Rising <laughs> Stars game? <laughs> <laughs> Mo Wagner tossed tonight from Mumble. What odds can we get on that? I feel like you can bet on anything. Yeah. Um, I feel like players don't like him around the league. Uh, yeah, I think he takes pride in that. His teammates like him a lot. Uh, but I think he, he takes pride in, in that. <laughs> I, think, I think he I, – I've never asked him this specifically. I'm going to speak for him. If, if, if he's a listener, Mo, please reach out. You know where to find me. I'll be in Chicago. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter if you want. Uh, we can, we can, we can. You can get your word in publicly. But I think he he wants that. I mean, he he loves being the the instigator, and he he loves doing the the little you know gritty tough guy things. Uh, I think if if you did ask, but he's him, also so skilled. Like when I whenever I watch, yeah, him play, he's I'm gonna like, be a he's good not player. Like a grimy like muck it up dude. That's like not. What I see when I see, I see like a dude who has real ball skills. Yeah. No, his personality and his skill set are very different things. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's so funny how the Wizards acquire. We were talking about this earlier for like two seconds. Like they pay, what was it, a million dollars and they get Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Isak. Isak. That's beautiful. And who was the other one? Um, Jamario Jones. Yes. And an unprotected 2022 second round pick. Yeah. From New Orleans or from from LA? Okay, yeah, that's that's like such a great haul for a million bucks. Tommy Shepard's a really good general manager. Just want to say that he's 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 done a lot of those. Yeah, like he got Bertans for nothing. Yeah, we'll see if Jerome Robinson is a thing. But I really love that move. I love that move. I don't know if Jerome again. I don't know if he's going to be a player. I remember when they drafted him out of BC, the Lawrence Frank and the Clippers. They were really high on him. They're pretty smart. Um, he hasn't really shown anything so far in his career, but he's also young. And to get a guy, the point is like you want to get those guys and bring them into your culture, bring them into your system, and see what you have. Um, and if you get them for nothing, all the better, which is basically what happened. Yeah, I mean, I wrote. I just want to point out that you just called trading Isaiah Thomas for him, getting from him for nothing. I just want to point that out. <laughs> um, I I wrote about this in depth. 
the point of casting a wide net is because you acknowledge that you have to cast the wide net because you don't hit a you don't hit a thousand on these moves. The really 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 good ones, really really good GMs fail more often than not when trying to find these edge of the roster guys who anybody in the league can have. That's why they're edge of the roster guys that anyone in the league can have and turning them into to real positions. What you want to do is you want to maximize the amount of tools you have to acquire those guys, Mm -hmm. which is why the Wizards front office, Tommy Shepard, Brett Greenberg, Mm -hmm. these guys are obsessed with trade exceptions. And it's why I bring it up all the time. And they, they, they love them. That's why they got Davis Bertans. That's why they made sure to get the disabled player exception for um, CJ Miles. It didn't seem like they used it. They did use it. They absorbed uh, Shabazz Napier into it, which mm-hmm. created a new $1.6 million trade exception for Jordan McRae. And now they have that trade exception for a year. So, like, they're, they're, they're doing these funky little turnovers, which seems like nothing. Nobody cares about a trade exception when you absorb Wes Johnson into a disabled player exception in February of 2019 trading away Markeith Morris and create an $8.6 million trade exception. No one cares about it at that moment, but everyone cares about it when you use that same trade exception to get Davis Bertans for free in July, even though you're over the cap. And, and, that, that's, and, where GMs, and that's where the, the clever stuff comes in. Yeah, and that's where GMs really make their money and where, like, how they separate themselves from each other. Because, like, Masai Ujiri gets all this credit for the Kawhi Leonard trade and great trade, like no denying that. It was brilliant. But where he's really a genius is developing the culture that lets you get Siakam, that lets you get uh, Chris Boucher, that lets you get Fred Van Fleet undrafted, that lets you, like, that's OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi. Uh, you know, there are misses, but. Yeah, Terrence Davis. So Ter- many. Terrence Davis, in, like, that dude, the fact that he's not in the Rising Stars game is basically a crime. He has not missed a three-pointer since Thanksgiving. I, okay, here's my take. No one missing the Rising Stars game is a crime. <laughs> no one. Luca missing the Rising Stars game is not a crime. There is no scenario in which someone can miss the Rising Stars game and it's a crime. That's my take. Are you Pe- being literal? Because I agree if you're being literal. No, no, I'm being figurative. I, <laughs> people being upset about missing the Rising Stars game is just I I can't I, I I can't do that. I just can't. I gotta say though, Colin Sexton should have been in. I'm just gonna like He isn't. He, he, yeah, but he was an injury replacement for Tyler Hero. So So he's in. <laughs> You're complaining about injury replacements? It's a whole other level. <laughs> You're complaining he wasn't really in because he was one of the first ones because we're gonna look back on Colin Sexton's career no, no, in twelve I, years. I, I don't I don't care. But I wanna say <laughs> going back to my initial point which is the GMs who do all those little things that you were talking about. That's what, like, that's where they make their money. It's like Tommy Shepard did a really great job with, you know, convincing Beal to extend. That's great. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so much talk you can do with someone like that. He's going to do what he wants to do. You give him, I mean, Tommy Shepard was like, here are a million different options. You just pick whatever one you want. And that's what happened. And that's how they kept him. Um, But what I look at when I, like try to measure and stack up different GMs against one another. It's like who is hitting all the little singles. And that's like what really tells me who is running like a really good shop. And the Wizards right now are running a good shop. Yeah. Who would have thought you'd be saying that? 
But I agree with you. I think they are. Um, all right. We have anything else you want to touch on? You want to talk? You want to? You want to preview the Rising Stars game? You want to tell me if you think Mo Wagner deserved to be Rui deserved to be in the in okay. the Rising Stars? Did they make your cutoff? Over under Rui Hachimura five points in the Rising Stars game. Over. Easy. Easy. Is he starting? I don't know. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to know the answer to that question? You cover the team. I don't know. Is he starting for the Rising Stars? Yeah. I don't know. Get the scoop. What's going on? Who's coaching that game? If if I Miles Simon? If I get that scoop, <laughs> if I get the scoop of who's starting in the Rising Stars game, I'll retweet it. It's it's the only report that someone should be fired for reporting. <laughs> if you tweet sources, the world and the U.S. teams are starting these starting five and rising stars. Just I would respect it. I'm not going to lie. I would respect it. And I'm pretending like I'm like playing a character right now, like as someone who cares. I really do not care about the rising stars. I don't care who makes it, who doesn't make it. I will say that Team USA, if you look at the roster, is so much better than yeah, the world. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just want to throw that out there. Uh, but no, I don't care. I probably will not. Like, I'm going to be having a deep dish pizza probably when that game <laughs> is going on at some restaurant in uh, in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, they're, they shouldn't marry themselves to U.S. versus world every year. Do it in the years it makes sense. And then just like adjust. Who cares? There has just make been, it the best possible game. Get the, get the most good guys there. Now, oh, now you have me <laughs> caring about rising stars. Stars don't even rise. They collect dust. That's how they get larger. <laughs> okay. Um, real quick, I just want to say... That's there, my beef. There is. Stars. I totally get it. It makes no sense. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, international reporters in New York where I live. And when some visit, certain visiting coaches come through, depending on who's on their roster and who's on their team, they will ask them if they think the regular All-Star game should be world versus the United States. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'm all for flexibility in the All-Star game. I, I just don't see why we have to be married to the same thing. Like, if, if we get an All-Star game where there are 12 international guys and 12 U.S. guys, I, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm all for that. Giannis's team is almost just all international. It's like Middleton and I think he a was, bunch of guys. But. I think he was trying to go that route early in the draft, and then LeBron took, was it Luka? LeBron took Luca because because LeBron Giannis made a comment like he was because he, he wanted to take uh, Siakam and African brother yes that was what he said and he wanted to take Siakam and Embiid and and he you could see a little letdown when Luca came off the board I think he was trying to go all international yeah they, they talked about that Lee Ellis talked about that on on No Dunks it's, I think he was actually awesome. trying to do it yeah and look this is a like I don't know if you can have a hot take about who's gonna win the All Star game. But I'm taking Team Giannis. Like, I think the guys on that team are actually going to try for all four quarters, including, like, when the game immediately starts. I think that the starters on Team Giannis, including Giannis in particular, actually cares, going to be going 100%. Like, 
Team LeBron is like LeBron trying. He's just going to be trying to set up AD. He's going to be going like 60 miles, not 60 miles, what am I even saying? 60% of what he normally would be in a regular game. And just trying to throw lobs to AD. And you have like Bam Adebayo who's going to be doing like lockdown defense. It's just going to be, I think, like in a typical. Wait, 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 wait. Your prediction for the All-Star game is that Bam Adebayo is going to play, quote, lockdown defense. He's going to shut down <laughs> everybody on Team LeBron. Yes. You know what my I take is? You know what my take is? Could not have thought about less who's going to win the All-Star game. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Giannis's team is terrible. Who cares? I want Rudy Gobert to just be like, you know what? I know I'm useless here, but I'm not going to be useless. Because I'm just going to do Rudy Gobert stuff. No one is dunking when I I'm in the game. I agree with you. He that should, would be incredible. He should, he should try to just absolutely stuff every – like like a guy thinks they're going to go up for yeah. an easy layup. Just He will swat never him. be invited back. Yes. <laughs> but who cares? He made it. He should make the most of it. I agree. Yes. I think that would be great. That would be amazing. I agree with you on that. Do, do the most – Rudy be Gobert stuff. Yeah, be yourself because, like, the All-Star game is not for you. And that would be fun. I would love it. I will stand and clap. I will be there. I will stand and clap <laughs> if he blocks a dunk. It would be incredible. I would love to see because you know Donovan Mitchell is going to try to dunk on him. Are they on the same team? Well, then you know he's not. <laughs> see, this is how much I've <laughs> – this is how much I've paid attention. Yeah, I think you're right. Siakam and Lowry are on the same team. Yes. And then you got the, the Lakers guys and the Bucks guys together. So are there no teammates on opposite teams? Tatum and Kemba, are they on the same team? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. We can't prepare it today. We did. We did. <laughs> we did indeed. But man, do we have Colin Sexton rising star stakes. Next episode, I'm going to have Jackson Hayes on to discuss the rising stars. You'll get canceled immediately if that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that might happen. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? Where can where can my listeners find uh, find your great work? Um, I write for SB Nation, uh, and I'm the co-host of the Open Floor podcast with the great Ben Golliver. So you can listen to that twice a week. It's wonderful. It's great. Ben Golliver of the esteemed Washington Post. Indeed. Um, like I said, I don't really know. If I'm going to podcast in Chicago, I have to figure that stuff out. Um, I might just do an impromptu pod. I might jump on. Look out for me jumping on somebody else's podcast. I spoke to some people at The Athletic who, you know, our podcast team, and we're going to have a number of people there, national people, other beat writers. Our podcast team is going to be there. So we're going to have a lot of people there. I don't know if I'm going to jump on some other people's podcasts. I don't know if I'm going to do an impromptu Wizards After Dark I don't know if Davis Bertans wins the three-point contest, if he's going to say, screw it, I'll come on with you for 15 minutes and, and we can talk about Davis Bertans. I'm going to have a Davis – we'll talk with Davis Bertans. I, uh, actually, I can predict that's not going to happen. I will have a Davis Bertans story coming out on Friday up on The Athletic. You can go look at that. That's a preview into the three-point contest. And that's just going to be about detailing the confidence of Davis Bertans, uh, the, most, the most sneakily confident person. Uh, maybe that I've I've covered during my time as an NBA beat writer. It's a wildly confident person. I'm going to have a story up there on Friday morning, uh, leading into Saturday night's three point contest. Actually, you know what? Why why are we talking so much about rising stars? Can we can we talk about Bertans and three point for 
for five minutes? Five minutes is a long time, but yeah, we can try. You think you think Bertans? I, I'm I'm going with the homer take. Mm-hmm. I I actually genuinely think he's gonna win. Call call up the list. Let's let's you, let's I have do it this. All up here. Perfect. You you posted a video on Twitter a little while ago, or maybe it was Instagram. I think he's gonna hit the deep balls immediately. Yes, the Mountain Dew zone. Mm-hmm. Those like, th- I think it's six feet behind the arc on the wings. That seems like his sweet spot. Like, and those are worth, I think there's one green ball in each one of those racks, and those balls are worth three points. So I picked Dame Lillard to win it because of his range. I thought it would be either Dame or Trey Young, who's also in the contest. But Davis, like, yeah, he's got the range. He's got the quick release. He could win. He's going to have no problem going around the arc. He fires him up so quick. The thing that I would worry about with him is he hasn't really practiced it. That was I was about to ask you that. Did you yeah. ask him if he's practiced? Yes, and, and he said he hasn't really practiced off the rack stuff. And so that That's might, a big mistake. Yeah, big that, mistake. So I covered Paul George, and and Paul George did the three point contest twice. Mm-hmm. First year he did it. He didn't practice at all. He went through, he was like, I'm just shooting threes. I shoot threes all the time. But when NBA players practice threes around the arc, they do it off the catch, not off the rack. And shooting off the rack is just totally different. You know, maybe I'm talking Weird. myself, maybe I'm talking myself out of picking Davis now. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'm talking myself out of it because so Paul George goes around the, the arc and he did terribly. I think he got like a nine. Uh, this was when it was out of uh, 2027 20, or something. Uh, I think he got like a nine and just did. Finished him dead last. And so he did it again a year or two later when he was with the Thunder. And he was like, you know, I didn't practice the last time. That's changing. Stayed late after practices. They'd set up five racks. He practiced for like, I forget how long, but he, he, he practiced for like a number of days leading into it. And he was like, now I got it. Like Paul George is an amazing shooter. He's Legit. He's an amazing three-point shooter. And... Practice going around the arc, got a nine again in the three-point <laughs> contest. Uh, so I have, <laughs> I don't really know what the point of that story more, is. No, more of the story, don't try. Don't try. Don't try, kids. Don't try. Not worth it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Berton's not really practicing it, maybe, but he's also a natural shooter. And like, I don't know how much the other guys are practicing. Maybe no one's practicing. Maybe Paul George practicing that one time was the outlier. If you were in it, would you practice? Yeah, I would. But um, I also – the mentality that would make me practice going into it is is one of the many reasons why I'm not in it. Fair. Very fair point. I believe Joe Harris practices this. Like, and I don't he's know done it much. before. Even if he hasn't practiced, he's He's the reigning champ it. and he's going to be trying to defend his crown. Um, so there's another dude who it's really tough to bet against. I could see Duncan Robinson being awesome. Duncan Robinson is interesting. Devontae Graham is interesting. Who else is in there? I don't see Levine's Oh, I don't even form. know. I don't know why he's in it. I mean, I know why he's in it, but he shouldn't be in it. He should be in the dunk contest. It is a Le- travesty that he is not in the dunk contest. Levine, Levine is a... He's a great difficult shot maker. But if we're just going straight up... Although Levine, when Levine gets hot, he just makes him. So maybe if he just gets really hot... 
I just don't. I mean, these are all great shooters, these but like he's not my pick. Shooters. He's like going against the best of the best. He's not like a. You're right. He's he's got really good handle, so like his pull up will be better than like m- you know most pull up three point shooters. But this isn't pulling up. This is just like pulling a ball off the rack, and you're going up against the best of the best three point shooters. So I don't really think he has a chance, and. I cannot stress enough how disappointed I'm. Okay. I love the slam dunk contest. We're going to close on the slam dunk contest real sure. quick. I love the slam dunk contest like it's a child of mine. I want it to do well. I'm very upset that Zach Levine is not in it. Me too. I'm even more upset that Zion is not in it. And honestly, I understand the health scare, whatever. Like Adam Silver just buy David Griffin a house, get him his own island, do what we need to do to bribe that man to get Zion in the dunk contest because a Zion, Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Levine dunk contest is just, I will pass out. (laughs) That, so one of the things that I just like, I'm going to turn into a curmudgeon critiquing the curmudgeons. One of the things I hate about NBA media is pretty much every single year we'll all go out to wherever the All-Star game is. We'll all get to go sit in person. Siberia. And in Siberia and watch these unbelievable athletes, the class of the world, put on the most acrobatic show that we could ever imagine. These unbelievable dunks on Saturday night, right? And it's 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 an iconic moment, whether it's a good dunk contest, bad dunk contest. It's an iconic moment and easily the most well-known and most fun event, at least to me, of All-Star Weekend. At least Saturday night is the most fun night of All-Star Weekend. No and question. it's and it's one of the most well-known things that you're gonna have. In really all of sports, right? Mm-hmm. Almost as well known as this ice machine going on behind me will be to the listeners of this podcast by the time I'm done with this. And then the next morning, after we all get the privilege of getting to watch this stuff in person, we're all jaded enough to get on our typewriters and spew out some BS about... oh. This guy just did a 360 from the three-point line. Dunk contest is broken. I don't know why they're using a mascot to include in the 360 from half court that this guy just did. This guy just did a 720 from half court. Oh, he missed but it. I didn't he like, missed it twice. But he missed it twice. It. The dunk contest is the dunk contest is broken. Gotta fix the dunk contest. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The dunk contest is broken. Great. It is an unbelievable show of acrobatics it. of some of the most incredible athletes that, that, that we could ever imagine. Dunk contest is fun. It's great. I don't even know. I, people who, if you don't like the dunk contest, we can't be friends, basically. <laughs> That's why me and you, Fred, we're great friends. We're doing this podcast. It's wonderful. Dunk contest is so fun. I love the dunk contest. One of the coolest professional moments of my uh, of my career was being at the Zach Levine, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, Gordon dunk contest. Well. Toronto, yeah, terrific. 
and like incredible. One of the most fun work nights I've ever had in my life. I was losing my mind. It was amazing. Yes. One of the only times where I, I don't want to say I, I cheered because it wasn't a, a cheer. I was more just like I was yelling. Yeah, I was like yelping. Yeah. I was like a, <laughs> that, you know? <laughs> I was doing that. Because I just I physically that was my that was my reaction. That was what my body was doing. You know, it just it just happened. Yeah. I'll like never forget. Look, Levine was so clean. He just wouldn't like we were just making fun of people who make fun of the dunkers who miss. It is way cooler. Oh, of course it's more impressive. Just like I'm gonna just go between the legs from the free throw line and I'm not I'm not even gonna need to warm up or anything. I'm just gonna do it in front of millions of people. Like Levine's dunks that night are just etched in my brain as all timers. All yeah. timers. The 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 Aaron Gordon under the ass over the mascot one might might be my favorite dunk contest dunk of all time. Mm. It's it is good take. That's I'm, a good take. I will I'm happy to listen to others. Vince had some iconic ones. Uh it's not the most important one in NBA history. But stylistically, I think it's so cool. I love the I love the Gerald Green cupcake candle dunk. I was literally just in my brain. Like anytime that, we go that to dunk the, is no. amazing and so creative. Anytime we go to like the best dunks in like the past fifteen years, I'll say because Vince is like on his own in his own world. But like Gerald Green doing between the legs and socks, which is just what are you even doing? You're an alien. Blowing the cup, like if that happened tomorrow or I guess Saturday or whatever, that would win the contest. It's still such an unbelievable dunk. It was too subtle. I think, yeah, because the dunk contest is all about showmanship. You have right. to sell it. That's a great point. He did not sell it well enough. I don't think he won that year. He maybe he did. He, did, he didn't win. Do you know who won? That was Jason year. Richardson? Was that a Jason Richardson year? Maybe. Those were tough. Might have been Nate. Mm. Yes, that's a, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't want to get into my Nate Robinson feelings in the dunk contest, but those were tough times. He missed. He missed too those many dunk contests. Was broken. He missed forty-seven straight dunks. The dunk contest was broken. Uh, now I'm actually going to wrap up. Like I said when I was wrapping up fifteen minutes ago, I don't. Uh, I told you it would be more than five minutes. I I, I don't know if I'm going to podcast over the weekend. If you see one come across. If you see one come across your feed, then you know I did a podcast. You can subscribe to Wizards After Dark and you'll be able to see it there. If you enjoy the podcast for some insane reason, you can leave a review. Uh, You can leave five stars uh, on iTunes. That's always super nice. If I do not podcast at All-Star, I'm taking a few days off after the actual All-Star game just to recharge because I need a break too. Um, But I'll have some content up on the site that 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 I've I've written and – and is going to be up there, uh, so you're still going to get your your daily dose of of Wizards writing and all that stuff. And uh, if I don't podcast in Chicago, then I will be back when the Wizards play the Cavaliers, their first game following the All-Star break a week from Friday. Uh, that is going to do it for this one. By the way, if you're listening for this for free and you want to subscribe to The Athletic to get all of this stuff, you can get 40% off on an annual subscription if you go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, again, if you want to sign up for The Athletic and you're not there, 40% off on an annual subscription. It's a great deal. 
at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. I will be back either this weekend or Friday, whenever it is. I'll talk to you guys then.